Ray and I are really intentional with is are the example that we're setting the example that we would want our kids, right? Would we want our son to marry someone who treats their spouse like I treat you? And if not, then let's fix it, you know? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. We often said early in our marriage, like a, a, a thing that we actually said out loud is what do we want our kids to be like as adults? And let's instill those values in them. This is The Real Deal, where real estate meets real life. Whether you're a seasoned real estate expert, a first-time home buyer, or if you're simply passionate about hearing small business stories, this is the podcast for you. Join us as we dive deep into the world of real estate and beyond. Welcome to episode 30 of The Real Deal. I am your host, Janine Igliani, and my guests today, I'm super excited, are Jim and Natasha Desmarchais. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. It'll be fun. So we're going to cover a variety of topics, and I'm really excited just to hear your story, where you guys came from, and how you got to be where you are today. And I think there's going to be a lot of life lessons that are going to be super interesting and valuable for our audience. So I hope so. They will be. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. Where did you guys meet and how long have you been married and all that fun I'll stuff? I'll let you ca- handle that. We met in Toronto, Canada, which oh. is where I was born. Okay. And uh, we met in college, University of Toronto, our, okay. our freshman year, but really, um, well, we started dating our sophomore year. And we were engaged very, very quickly. Were you? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but we wanted to finish school. Okay. Um, it's funny because the, the first date, and, and we had met, whoops, well, that doesn't help. Um, we had met um, odd times in, in school. And I remember going on my first date, heading there, and I'm coming off the freeway. Yeah. And thinking, and it just pops in my head, this will be the last first date I ever have. Oh, I love that. And then, and it was just, I mean, it was just, there was just, we you were just meant knew. To be yeah, I, I love mean, that. Just, and it's always been that way. We've been married 36 years and it's been unbelievable. 36 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've had, yeah, it's been fantastic. Well, I don't want to jump ahead, but I do want to jump ahead really quick. I mean, 36 years, that's a long time. That's wonderful. And you still love each other and are happy to be together. We were talking before this and you were saying what I aspire to have in my marriage at your stage of life of just like, I still love myself. What do you mean my stage of life? <laughs> well, the it's, it's the gray hairs that gives it away. <laughs> but like, so what is, what are some of those keys to a thriving and happy marriage 36 years later? You can let you go. I think for us, it's always been communication. There's nothing we can't talk about. And I have to say, as far as men in general go, Jim is a really good listener. I mean, he is like a typical man. He is a great problem solver and um, can solve problems, but he learned very quickly that I don't always want the problem solved. Sometimes I just need somebody to listen. I'm a processor. I don't speak very well off the cuff. I, I'm, you know, I get jokes, but I'm not super quick witted. I'm, I'm just not fast enough. And that's just the way I am with everything. And so he recognized early on that I need to process, I need to talk, we need to communicate. And he has always just been a fantastic listener. And then we just get together and, and talk things through. And that's just the way it's been for the most part. But I think 
probably my, my most favorite thing about Jim is that he just makes me laugh every single day. We just have fun. I love that. We, you know, we didn't have, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have money, you know, when we first, uh, set out and, and, uh, you know, our dates were things that we both enjoyed doing. We were physical education majors and, um, he was a collegiate athlete. I was a high school athlete. We loved sports. So we were in, um, co-ed leagues for volleyball and, and, uh, we played tennis together. You know, we'd hit the high school courts, see which ones were lit and yeah. available. And yeah. those were our date nights. We'd ride our bike to thrifty ice cream, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. for a well-deserved, uh, dessert yeah. and uh, treat. And that's just the way we lived our lives. We just yeah. enjoy spending time together. And I think another one of the keys is that we've, we've never put anything above the other person, mm. right? There was nothing, there was nothing that I wanted more than her to be happy. Mm. So there was, it would never be a situation where I would do something that would hurt her. Mm -hmm. um, it would hurt me more than her mm -hmm. essentially. And I think we both did that really well. Yeah. You know, that we always put the other, you know, we truly loved each other the yeah. way Christ loved the church. Yeah. And that sacrificial love, like where yeah. you're going to sacrifice something for yourself for the other person. But I think in our, in our case, it didn't even seem like a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Like it just seemed like the right thing to mm -hmm. do. Like, why would I not do that? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you'll hear about husbands like, well, I want to do this, whether she likes yeah. it or not. Like, yeah. well, you know, it's going to hurt her. Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. You know, and we've, we've never done that. Like, yeah. we, well, act, I mean, we've been married 36 years and we've never had a fight. What? Yeah, it's the truth. What? Yeah, we've never had a fight. I mean, we disagree on things, uh -huh. you know, yeah. we're not like-minded yeah. in every single facet of life, but We've never raised our voices to each other. Yeah. We've we've never had an argument. Our kids have wow. never seen that because that's just the way we are. That's and I attribute it to Jim. That's not fantastic. I was not raised without dissent in the home yeah. and without raised voices yeah. and anger being pretty prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, so I did not witness that, but he is just a super positive easygoing guy. So, you know, when somebody offers you uh, a kind word and mm -hmm. rather than a harsh word, it just uh, changes the situation and the circumstance and in, in how you want to respond to the person. Yeah. And so um, that allowed me to quickly soften in my outlook yeah. and things and how I communicated and, and the way we spoke to each other. That's amazing. So I heard communication, listening, right? Listening to the other person, having fun together. I love that. Um, laughing, being able yeah. to laugh and have a sense of humor. I'm like you, Natasha, I'm not the funniest, but I love a good joke. So my husband's exactly. very funny. So yeah, I'm probably yeah. as big. As yeah, as yeah. <laughs> um, and then respecting each other, even in moments of disagreement. And I love that because I think that's sometimes where we can really get tripped up is we're going to disagree, right? We're yeah, going to yeah. see things differently, but are we respecting the other person in that? That's awesome. Those yeah. are great. You know, and I think, you know, like when it goes into parenting too, I think we already mm -hmm. always recognize the importance of modeling for our kids. Yes. You know, if we wanted them to have a wonderful marriage, it was important for them to see what that looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you don't want to be showing conflict. Even if we, if we disagreed on something regarding, you know, discipline for a child or whatever. It never happened in front of the kids. Yeah. Like we would have that discussion away from them. We were very unified in front of them. Yeah. And, and they've commented on that. Like even as they're older saying, we saw how you, we, we want a marriage like that. <sighs> and so that's really important to do that. Yeah. And I think as you know, parents, you always have to be 
cognizant that they're watching. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they're not engaged in what's going on, they're watching and they're watching how you respond and they're watching how you respond to each other. Yes. You know, and um, I know Stephen has made the comments like, I've never heard you raise your, your voice mm-hmm. to my mom kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's like, well, that's important for you to see that because now you're Right. You're a husband, right? And you need to treat your wife right. equally as well. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. That's something that Ray and I are really intentional with. Is are the example that we're setting the example that we would want our kids, right? Would we want our son to marry someone who treats their spouse like I treat you? And if not, then let's fix it. You know, yeah, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, we yeah. often said early in our marriage like a, a, a thing that we actually said out loud is what do we want our kids to be like as adults? And let's instill those values in them. Obviously, um, we grew in our faith as a young couple and attended a very healthy church. And that gave us wisdom as, as we grew in our marriage and our parenting, we didn't do everything right. And I did well, <laughs> But we we tried hard and we were on the same page and um, Jim led our family well and the Lord led him in that and that allowed us to always be on the same page. Like he said, you know, the kids learned early on. They can't go from mom mm-hmm. to dad if one mm-hmm. said no, the other's going to say yes. Like they, you know, they just gave up their, gave it up very, very quickly and I don't know. <laughs> you know, two educators yeah. being on the well, same page I think as well. That's, <clears throat> that's another piece because we're both educators, mm-hmm. right? We're always looking at it as from the viewpoint of education, mm-hmm. right? You're always teaching kids, you're teaching, you know, and, and you're teaching everything right. all the time, right? And so we were always very cognizant of that. So even, everything that we did, even when we did a little, mm-hmm. you know, what did we do? What was the bedtime routine while mm-hmm. they were going to read? Because we knew we needed yes. to be reading to our kids. We got to develop their vocabulary. I mean, all those things that yeah. I know to turn into a strong le- reader. Mm-hmm. And so those things were implemented. I remember, you know, with Stephen as a little boy and I'm, you know, I've got like those little, uh, plastic letters and numbers, yeah. right? And he's got to close his eyes and use tactile and say, what number is that? And and I draw the letter oh. on his back and he'd oh. have to tell me what letter it was, right? And But we're just having fun together, yes. right? I mean, he loved those times and mm-hmm. the kids loved those times, mm-hmm. um, but we were also very purposeful on it. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our, our their bedrooms were lined with, we had uh, rain gutters on the mm-hmm. walls and then they were filled with books. Oh, love it. And so that they were, um, you know, when we would give them, they were rewarded for something. A lot of times it was a book that they received wow. and they could walk in. I mean, I remember Christopher, I mean, we would not, wouldn't even tell him. We'd say, Oh, you got your new book. And he walked into his bedroom he's little and he'd just like scan go, there it is. Oh. Like, Cause he knew every book that was yes. in his yes. library. And he's like, there's a new one. And they love that time where we got to read. Yeah. And, you know, when I, when I talk to kindergarten parents, they just talk about the importance of reading aloud, mm-hmm. not only just from the educational benefit, but there's nothing quite like sitting there as a parent yes. with your kid in your lap, yes. you know, sharing a book yes. and they want to read it again, daddy, or read it again, mom, you know, and there's nothing quite like those experiences. Um, when, when our kids were growing up, we used to always say, man, I wish there was a remote control where we could just pause. Right. Cause we're loving, we love, we loved every stage with yes. the kids and it's like, this went too quick. Yes. This went too quick. I've you know? said that too. Like, can we bottle this moment up so I can relive it again? Cause yeah. this is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It goes so fast. As yeah. you guys know. So fast. Right. Too fast. So too fast. fast. Yeah. So enjoy it. Be so present and yeah. How amazing to take the opportunity to sit and read not only are you teaching them a love for reading, you're bonding with them, yeah. you're spending time with them. Oh, it's nothing like it. Yeah. And you have to say as a parent, like, well, I don't have that time. Like, 
well, you have time. Right. It's just what's priority right, for yeah. you. And a priority for us was our kids. Yeah. You know, we're going to spend the time. Especially with boys. Boys are super active. Yes. And, <laughs> and as they, obviously, yes. and then as they age, they become less verbal, less wanting to share. Not that they won't, but you have to realize as a parent that when they do want to share, you have to stop and drop everything mm. and listen. Mm. And it might, you know, those moments might come when you're playing catch in the backyard yeah. or, uh, Christopher, uh, was a hockey player early on in his life and, uh, went from roller hockey to ice hockey. And so we lived on a cul-de-sac at the time and he would put little cones out and he would run his little drills mm -hmm. and, you know, we'd sit there and maybe just pass the puck back and forth. But that was when the best conversations yeah. occurred. Yeah. You know, boys have to be doing something yes. usually tactile or oh, physical, yeah. Yeah. even if it's walking around the kitchen yeah. island at yeah. home or being on a swing or something like that. And then the words just come flooding out. Yeah. And so to, to stop and to prioritize that time right. with, with children is so important. Yeah. yeah you learn boys. I you, did you learn, had, boys. learn boys. Yeah, <laughs> I had to learn to stop talking to Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something I was, Well, they are different. I, so they I don't have, need to hear it twice. No. no. And they are there. They need to get their energy out. So yeah. I have two girls and then my youngest is a boy. And that's one thing I've noticed totally different between the girl mm -hmm. and the boy. And I can even see it with him. He's 11 where he'll, I'll see him get angry or frustrated. And I'm like, okay, we need to go on a little jog or mm -hmm, we need to mm -hmm. go swim or whatever, something for him to get that out. I can yeah, see that it. That energy there. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. he's like better. He's a different yeah. person. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. You just kind of watch them and what, what they need and, and different. I mean, Christopher used to walk a lot when he was trying to study something. Mm. And I remember Natasha like, sit down and concentrate. Cause that's mm -hmm. what she would do. Right. Mm -hmm. She's like, Hey, I'll give it all the focus yes. in the world on this thing. And then, and, and she'd learn it really well, but he's like, no, I'm pacing around. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's okay. Okay. And then he say, got it. And it didn't what? take him any time. I think I would need five more times to <laughs> right? sit there How and read you it get over. That so fast, but that was his style yeah. of learning. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's a good point. And kind of goes into the next subject that of school, but I don't want to miss the raising boys part too. Um, but yeah, boys are different knowing the need of the student. And sometimes just that standing can help mm -hmm. them so mm -hmm. much, right? It's sometimes it can be really hard for them to sit. Yep. I love that our schools allow for that. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you're, you've been married for 36 years and then you have two boys. Mm -hmm. Correct. And tell us about that. I mean, you kind of did talk about it, but how long were you married before you had them? Then they go off to college and now you're flash forward, you're empty nesters and grandparents. So, yeah. well, we, uh, sadly, uh, took us a little while to have children. We had made our plans, but, uh, the Lord determined our steps and, um, it wasn't to be for, eight years into our marriage, but that's okay because when it happened, I was so ready to be a mom mm. and, um, you know, everything is good. And, and we'd God's... already done the puppy thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, was... <laughs> and I got to work out my career and, mm -hmm. and teach a little while and all of that. So eight years into our marriage, uh, we became pregnant with our oldest son, Christopher. And then, uh, two and a half years later, Stephen came along and, uh, they're, both married, they're wonderful young men doing wonderful things in their lives. Um, Christopher met his first wife, Madison, uh, when they were 
just finishing off their freshman year in college at ASU. And it was so sweet. They met at church and started dating. And I remember meeting her the first time and walked into the house with groceries. And I knew he was home, but he was out in the backyard. And, oh, there was this very cute young girl there. Mm -hmm. He had never brought a girl home before. (laughs) So it was so cute. I just left them out there for a little bit. And, you know, a few minutes later, I could see them kind of talking. And she just, you know, pops into the home. Hi, I'm Madison. And within five minutes, I knew pretty much everything about her. She was just a little chatterbox and easy to get to know and very easy to love. And um, in 2017, they were married and um, they moved to Dallas to start their lives. And uh, then sadly, uh, within two years of marriage, uh, she was diagnosed with colon cancer. Mm. So uh, it was a very quick seven months after that that we lost her. It was a very, very difficult time. Mm-hmm. And um, God taught us a lot through that. And the coolest thing was to see our son just truly lead her in that marriage, do everything he could, obviously, in terms of uh, gaining wisdom. And he's such a researcher and, you know, going to every medical journal and conferring with doctors who are friends of ours and um, daily conversations with the oncologist that even though they were in Dallas, they were um, uh, having her chemo treatments here in Gilbert um, because they just loved the oncologist. He was very positive and he had worked with uh, younger patients successfully that had also had colon cancer. So they were um, happy to be in his care and he conferred with him on a regular basis and he just did everything and she looked up to him and just allowed him to lead her through that. They just were so in love and um, again, God had different plans. But to see Christopher just truly be such a godly husband and care for her sacrificially. Um, it, it just spoke volumes to those that knew us and him. And again, as Jim mentioned, you know, it's often w- the unspoken, but the, the scene that testifies more than anything mm-hmm. else. And he really stood under the trials that God put before him. And he did consider it joy because that perseverance did develop his faith. And that has um, just blossomed into uh, amazing joy now for us because uh, it was God's plan um, to answer our prayers, which was, please, Lord, don't leave him a widower at the young age of 24. And he didn't. Soon after, he met our most amazing daughter-in-law, Hannah. Um, They were, he was uh, best friends with her brother in high school, and Hannah was in our younger son, Stephen's class in sixth grade, and so we knew the family, wonderful family, and um, what, uh, you know, kind of like Joseph, what um, the world saw as evil, God meant for good, and he really turned... um, beauty from ashes and the two of them were married and within six months she was pregnant Mm -hmm. and last august uh, we welcomed our granddaughter our first Mm -hmm. grandchild clementine into the world and 
uh, this November, we welcomed our grandson, Henry. So boom, boom, they had two children within 15 months. And here's our son at uh, 28 years old, married with two children. So it's just been a wonderful what a beauty from ashes story. And also I can't, I can't pass over how difficult I relate to this so much as a parent watching your kids struggle and go through such a difficult time. And I think so much of us as parents is we want to protect our kids and take that pain away. And there's nothing that you could have done. Yeah. And you know, and I think going back on parenting, part of what you're trying to do is produce kids who can be independent, Mm. right? I mean, you're trying, when I, when I talk to uh, incoming freshman parents, I said, you got four years to make this kid independent. You know, they're going to head off to college somewhere. They may, you know, be state, you know, a thousand miles away mm-hmm. in making a bunch of decisions. Well, and like in raising adults, not, we're not raising kids. We're raising, we exactly. want them to grow into adults. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was kind of neat to watch. I mean, I'm watching Christian and obviously you're there to support as much as you possibly can. But, you know, there was definitely a feeling of that. I got this, mm. you know, that I'm prepared to, you know, Amazing. I'm going to play the role and I'm going to do what needs to be done. And, and it was great to watch him through that. And, and, and both of our boys are that way. They're, mm. They've become these independent young men, godly young men who take, you know, they're, you know, they're talking to me about, oh, I get up at 515 because I want to read the Bible first and then start the day. And th- those kind of things that it, it's not me saying, hey, you need to do right. this. It's them coming to that decision that this is what they need to do Wow! and, and recognizing those things. And so, you know, we couldn't be, I mean, we're just so blessed to have two great young men that, you know, we were able to steward through, you know, the first 18 years of their life, but it's been neat to watch them as they've matured even further. And, you know, it, even during trials, turning to the Lord Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, you, you could easily have been like, why me, why me, why is this happening? And, and question your faith, but instead his faith got even stronger. Uh, so it's really cool to watch that and, and watching Stephen deal with the issues that that he deals with and knowing that he always comes back to the Lord and is very strong in his faith as well. So it's been really nice to see that. And, yeah. and that's really the goal. And I, I would say that, you know, I'm a big guy into backward design, right? I'm always saying, if, if this is what I want to end up with, how do I get them there? Mm-hmm. And I think we were always thinking along those lines all through while they were growing, right? Giving them independence, testing them. Um, talking about trust and how you lose trust and gain trust with your parents based upon the, the decisions that you make. And, mm-hmm. and they always, we always talk to them that way. Like mm-hmm. we didn't talk to them like they're little kids. Mm-hmm. And I think they responded really well with that. I mean, thankfully they're very bright that's kids fantastic. too. So they were able to understand it. Right. Well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, you guys are again, what I would aspire to in my parenting and, um, not loving my adult children and then, you know, ultimately going into being a grandparent. That's, I think any parent, right. Is wants to raise happy, healthy, successful kids that love the Lord. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you talked, we talked about family. We talked about life from college to being grandparents and empty nesters. Let's talk about your career and education specifically. So how did you get into that whole world? Well, you know, we came from the University of Toronto and we both finished our, with our bachelor's degree and there they do a fifth year of teacher's college. So if you want to pursue education that way, and I was actually heading down the line of being a high school, like a basketball coach, okay. a college basketball coach or something like that, because I played basketball forever. And I came there, we came down to, we visited my brother in, in uh, Phoenix mm-hmm. and actually my, 
I'm the youngest of six. Okay. The rest of my brothers and my sister were all born in Montreal, you know, Desmarches, right? Wow. The Canadian, yeah. right? So they're Canadian, but I was born in Pittsburgh. Okay. And so we ended up through a different path. I ended up back up in Toronto, but I always wanted to come back to U.S. So, okay. you know, even talking to Natasha early on, I was like, well, we're going to move back yeah. to the United States. Like, it's just a question of where. Yeah. And so we ended up coming to Phoenix. We went with the ASU. They had a post-bac program that that would allow you to get your certification and get a master's degree all at the same time. And so during that, we took a class, we were required to take a class on elementary physical education. I'm like, okay. And it turned out it's like the foremost mind on elementary mm -hmm. education and uh, physical education in the country. And, you know, the author of the textbook that mm -hmm. a lot of the universities mm -hmm. use when they're teaching kids how to teach uh, elementary PE. And of course I went in there thinking, I'm going to be a coach. Okay. This is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like not really into this, you know, I, I, you know, and, and always kind of devil's advocate of yeah. this won't work. This yeah. won't work. This won't work. And this guy just had such an understanding of kids and it was just kind of phenomenal to listen to him. And, and I would challenge him with stuff and he had just had these great responses. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you have opportunities where you're actually practicing it and you'd see it in place and see how it's working and like, wow, this is really, really amazing. And so then it actually moved to a point where we were known as these, the Canadian couple, <laughs> And Mesa Public Schools is going to come out and recruit you to teach there. Okay. And so we both started in elementary PE in, okay. in Mesa Public Schools. But I always desired administration. Okay. So like even in the initial interview with the principal, you know, when they say, where do you see mm -hmm. yourself in five years? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I see myself in your job. Wow. You know, and, and it was pretty much on time. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I wanted that. So I taught elementary PE for a little while. And then I wanted classroom experience because I wanted to be able to lead yep. and be able to say, I know, I know your job as a mm -hmm. specialist. I know your job as a classroom teacher. I've done mm -hmm. it. And so I went on that path. Natasha stayed in elementary PE, did that for a long, long time, was a master teacher in elementary PE. So she did phenomenal with that. And then she ended up retiring when the kids were, were younger. Um, and so I went through this path of going from elementary PE to classroom teacher to then a junior high vice principal to an elementary principal, um, all in kind of Mesa public schools. And then from there, I had uh, had a really successful school at Barbara Bush Elementary School in Mesa. And at that time, the church, which was Redemption Gilbert, at that time was called East Valley Bible Church, asked mm -hmm. me if I would become children's pastor because mm -hmm. I was heavily involved in the children's ministries mm -hmm. and I would help the who the previous pastor, children's pastor with curriculum and instruction mm -hmm. and stuff like that because that wasn't his expertise. And so they asked me to do that. And so we had actually just been named an A-plus school. Okay. So it was like a big deal. We had this big celebration. We're an A-plus school. And back then it meant more than it does now because now everybody's getting A-plus. But it was a hard process to go through. And so we had just celebrated that. And then they asked me and I remember going to the staff saying, I'm leaving. And they're thinking, you're kidding. Yeah. Because I tend to joke around. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, the, my church called me and I'm going. So wow. I, I did that and led children's ministry for a few years and then went back into Mesa Public Schools, had an opportunity to supervise junior high principals and then went from there to get a elementary school authorized and in, in international baccalaureate program. Mm -hmm. So um, that was kind of a neat process. And while I was in the middle of that, um, I got a call from Surrey Garden, mm -hmm. which was former Gilbert Christian was Surrey Garden at that time. And they just asked me, I knew some of the board members because they had served for me in my children's ministries. They said, would you come out and take a look at this? They had a change in leadership and they just wanted to understand, you know, what are the strengths of this, this school? And so I gave them, they said, come in as a consultant and give us a report. And I did that. 
And then a few months later, did they you have any idea? I mean, was this truly purely we want you to consult, or do you think there were ulterior motives at that time? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think, I mean, maybe some of them kind of thought okay. that way. I don't know. I know initially it was just, hey, we don't have the expertise in this area. Would okay. you, would you help us with this? And so I came in and I gave them kind of a scathing report. I didn't think they were doing best practices in education whatsoever. Mm -hmm. wow. And I was still doing my job of getting this school authorized. Mm -hmm. and, and they had moved a previous administrator, principal, out of that building and mm -hmm. put me in there to do that, which mm -hmm. was kind of rare that they mm -hmm. would do that. So I like I had that responsibility. And um, and then soon after that, they came back and said, OK, will you take this over? Wow. And I said, well, I'm, I'm willing to do that, but you have to understand I'm making a dramatic changes to the mm -hmm. school and some staff won't be happy some parents won't be happy because it's going to rock their world mm -hmm. what we're doing but it is what's best mm -hmm. so if you're okay with that then and you'll make a commitment that you're going to support me through the the initial rough times then i'm willing to do that and so then it was off to and we quickly changed it to gilbert christian schools yeah. and then kind of the journey of improving what we do for the families that we have and then growing it so did that start with the Agritopia campus? Yeah. Okay. We, we were like 450 students on the Agritopia K-12. Okay. And then you added the high the school. The high school was next. Okay. And then, you know, three or four, four or five years ago after that was Greenfield, mm -hmm. the campus, and then just recently the Valvista campus. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I just love growing things. That's mm -hmm. kind of what, one thing that I enjoy doing in wherever I am. And so this has been a great opportunity. Even when I left Mesa Public Schools and I went to talk to the superintendent, tell him I'm leaving after he'd just done this arrangement of moving principal, I'll put me in. But it was a two-year process and I got it done in one. So okay. I said, I got you authorized. <laughs> right? so I, I did my, 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 my job. And even when I was leaving, he just said, well, you're a builder. Mm. You know, you'll do great over there. And if, and if it doesn't work, you just come back. Wow. I said, okay, well, I appreciate that. That's cool. So I can't imagine it's been easy growing from one campus to now four and, and just honoring God. I, I, as an outsider looking in can see how God's had his hand over all of mm -hmm. it. And that's been super cool to see and just the things that God has done. And so, yes, you are a builder, but I think God is using you Absolutely. in that way. Right? Absolutely. And leading yeah. you. Oh, for sure. I mean, God's hand has been all over Gilbert Christian schools. And I, you know, my, my thing is just to stay faithful, mm -hmm. right? We just need to make sure we're honoring God with what the decisions we're making, that we stay faithful, that we don't compromise those mm -hmm. types of things, because I feel like you shouldn't bless us. Right. You know, if I'm starting to compromise and making decisions that, that don't honor you, then why in the world right. would he, he bless what we're doing? Right, right. But I think we've stayed faithful. The people I've been able to have, you know, we've hired just amazing people that yeah. have that same desire. Yeah. And everybody's got the vision yeah. of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. You know, we say our mission is to partner with parents to prepare the next generation to impact the world for Christ. And we really mean that. Yeah. You know, we're trying to partner with parents. We recognize God gave these children to the parents. Yeah. They're the primary person responsible for raising right. them, but we're going to support them because we've got them for, for sure. hours every day, yeah. five days a week. Well, and we need it. I mean, I'm telling you as parents, it's tough and you guys have been there. So, you know, so having yep. people that come alongside you for me as a mom, knowing that they're not only praying for my student, but they're there to talk to them and have some of those conversations, mentoring them. Natasha, you were Elise's mentor for yeah. a period of time, which was awesome when she was really struggling. And I know that that helped her. That's amazing. So it is shepherding their heart, really not just about the academics, but like you said, pointing them. And I love that. Absolutely. I mean, you're trying to raise a child and, and what
what you don't want is to say, okay, listen, this is what you learned at home. This is what we believe. And, and this is what they, the church is in alignment with. But at school, it's completely different. Right. And then they spend all this time under this person that you're saying, well, you need to respect your teacher. Yeah, but the, the teacher says something completely different than what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, and then you're, then you're playing the game. Like, Let, let's debrief. Mm -hmm. What did you learn in school today? Mm -hmm. And at least, you know, I feel like with Gilbert Christian Schools, you send them there and you're going, okay, well, they're in alignment mm -hmm. with what we, what we believe at home. Mm -hmm. And so they're, you know, and obviously there's the dynamics of you're in the school with a bunch of other kids and, and there's things that are going to happen. Yeah. But at least, you know, okay, the intention yes. behind what you're trying to accomplish with it matches up with what what we're trying to do at yeah, home. Yeah. And that makes it way easier for a parent and still challenging, but it, for sure. It, we're still imperfect. We still are with going to school with other centers. People think, Oh, you're, I've heard things like putting them in a bubble or sheltering them too much. No, no, they're still exposed. Okay. Right. The yeah. point is, is the people that are leading them and teaching them are the same in that's terms right. of like-minded as we are. And that's huge. So you can go, it's just like a great comfort knowing that your your kids are going to school where they're not going to be contradicting what that you're teaching them at home, but they're going to support and reinforce and love them. That's right. Right? Like love them. Yeah. And, and we're trying to do that part of well as saying, hey, we're going to prepare them mm -hmm. to leave your home. Mm -hmm. I mean, with some of the things, even from a biblical perspective, the apologetic side of it, it's like you need to really understand what it is you believe, why you believe it, so that when the world does challenge it. Yes. You don't just get thrown because, man, I don't even really know what I, I was just doing it because my mom said it. Yep. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. We, we don't want to show you. You have a deep understanding. Yeah. So, and I said this to, uh, you heard me say this, Jim, my oldest in her first semester at college was taking a Christian worldview class. And she said, mom, I know all of this. It's super basic stuff. And she's like, I learned all of it, even in middle school, she said. And That's I was awesome. like, wow, from a college class, yeah. she already had that foundation. And, and then, of course, there were other students in her class she had to do group projects with that weren't aligning with her. And she was able to use her apologetics and defend her faith. And that was super cool, too. Yeah, yeah. And we hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, even when they do to Christians, Christian universities, like, well, we already learned this stuff at, at yep. Gilbert Christian. Like, well, that's great to hear. Yeah. You know, because we're trying to equip them, you know, and prepare them. Yeah. Because not everybody's going to Christian school, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are going to other schools. Totally. And, and they're getting challenged. Yep. And you need to be strong enough and really understand what you're, what you believe. Yeah. And so it's, it's not, it's pretty rigorous yeah. what we do, right? There's, sure. there's an academic piece to it. It's For not sure. just experiential mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it sets up kids well for success. That's awesome. What does the future for Gilbert Christian look like? I don't know. God does, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I, you know, like I say to you board members, um, you know, my job is just always to con continue to improve what we're currently offering families and try to bring it to more families. Mm -hmm. and, and what's kind of nice uh, recently is just the impact that Gilbert Christian's having on other schools. You know, I have people coming to visit all the time that are leading Christian schools across the country, just asking, what did you do? How did you do this? You know, how can I apply this? I've got somebody come from Des Moines in a few weeks that just wants to visit and tour and say, because he has potential to open up some additional campus and like, I want to understand how you guys did this. Yeah. So it's kind of neat what God has created here. Others are watching. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we could really magnify and yeah. multiply the, the the effect yeah. of what Gilbert Christian can do. And um, so it's exciting. The future is very, very exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like we could totally keep going. But in the interest of time, um, I want to jump to our speed round with you guys. Okay. Oh, Real quick. Are you ready for this? Rapid yeah. fire. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite food. 
That was fast. Dessert. Steak. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> Steak, Steak and dessert. Okay. Favorite drink? Red wine. Oh. Iced tea. Iced tea. Favorite sound? Babies cooing. I would say laughter. Mm. Favorite book? Usually the one I'm presently reading. Okay. I would say the Bible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a given. <laughs> Favorite podcast? Do you have it besides mine? No. <laughs> I was going to say Jean's podcast. Um, I used to enjoy political podcasts, but now it's anything John MacArthur, Grace to You, or just listening to uh, our church, Redeemer. Bible Church or some of the other wonderful churches in the East Valley, like Christ Church mm -hmm. and Shepherd's House. Yeah, I listen to a lot of sermons, and that's probably kind of my biggest focus. Yeah. But I'm also enjoying Peter Atiyah, who's yes. like this really uh, kind of a wellness guy, the kind of expert on that. And as you get older, you start thinking about these things, right? <laughs> like, I used to take it for granted I'm healthy. Right, like, right. well, well you know, I'm going to start thinking about this. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And then favorite Bible verse? Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, trusting in the Lord and not leaning on your own understanding. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. I love that. And last but not least, favorite vacation? Ooh. Probably in past memory was a trip to Montana that we took when the children were young. And now? I would say when we went to Hawaii. That was good, too. What island? Which was supposed to be our 20th wedding anniversary. Oh. And we told the kids, we're going to Hawaii for our 20th <laughs> we wedding anniversary. And they said, we're going with you. Oh. I was like, well, that's not normal. I was like, you can go the next time. Right. And it was so funny. And they said, well, how many times have you gone? Well, this will be our first. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going this one. And we took them, and we had a great time. We had a wonderful oh, time. Yeah, so fun. Great time. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being here. Thank you for being so open and sharing. I think there was so many valuable lessons, and it was just an awesome time. So thank you guys. Thanks well, thank for you. having us. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to The Real Deal, where real estate meets real life. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the Home Selling Team on YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify to stay up to date with our podcast.